0: Uh, Hannah Arendt.
1: I love Hannah Arendt.
0: Oh my God, we have yes. the same, same uh, <laughs> the, the passion to one person.
1: Hello and welcome to the Asian American Forward podcast. I am your host Katie Simpson here with my usual co-host Don Sun. Um, And we've both traveled in this last week, so we're excited to talk a little bit about that. Um, But also, um, on a more serious note, um, we're hoping that with this episode, um, we can kind of address the events that have been happening in the past month, um, particularly with this most recent um, shooting in Atlanta of uh, six women who, I think uh, several of them were um, workers at a massage parlor, so we're, we're we've talked a little bit about hate crimes um, before on the show, but we're kind of uh, taking this week to sort of focus on that subject. And I'm really um, well excited. It's probably not the right word, but I am yeah. interested to hear your thoughts, Don. And so I I and this is on the front of my mind not only because of the the shooting this past week but also because um, when I was in Idaho uh, visiting a family who lived there I got to visit um, Minidoka National Historic Site which is a former um, Japanese internment camp um, so I I've, I've never really put that whole history together in my mind. Um, but I, it's really on the front of my mind now, having been able to like visit um, an internment camp and see the buildings and read quotes from some of the people who were interned there um, during World War II. Um, so as we get started, Dawn, first I want to give you an opportunity just to react to the events of this this past week. Um, is there anything that you like really want to get off your chest about it?
0: Yeah, I think it's the, uh, things is uh, becoming worse and worse. And uh, as I predicted uh, one years ago, I think it's the when President uh, Donald Trump claimed it's the China virus and it's uh, direct or indirect going to cause the, the society a kind of a fear and the hate. Mm-hmm. And now it's the becoming worse and worse by day, every day is uh, mostly in the uh, Asian concentrated city. And also it's uh, when the economic uh, becoming deteriorated, people uh, mentality become unstable. And the more and the more people are going to try to find the channel to explore their, the uh, anger and the fear. And this is the Atlantic city that uh, the, the incident happened. And uh, this becoming a master or it's the uh, extremely violence that the things happen. And I think it's a react of me, it's a, I think it's a, we need to uh, emphasize on the both the political system and also legal system, try to prevent the uh, the development of this kind of a tragedy continue happening in this country.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and these events were particularly tragic. I was hearing um, in an event that I was actually in this morning about housing insecurity since the pandemic, that um, a few of the victims of this attack in Atlanta were um, actually living at the massage parlor and that was the reason that they were there because also there wasn't adequate housing um, for those women or they weren't able to secure adequate housing. Um, So I think as we've talked about a lot and as you bring up, this pandemic has really um, sort of shown a light on a lot of the, the issues in our society and gives us really an opportunity um, to think about not only our present, but as, as I'm thinking about having visited Minidoka this week, our, to reflect on our past in a different way. Um, so I also was really curious, because I know you've done a lot of work on particularly the history of Chinese American immigration to the U.S. Um, and the Chinese Exclusion Act. Um, is there a way that you see like the present kind of rush, or I don't know if rush is the right word, uh, is there a way that you see the present um, increase in hate crimes um, targeted uh, towards Asian Americans um, as connecting with that sort of history of racism in the US?
0: Uh, unfortunately, my personal opinion is uh, the things are uh, becoming worse and worse, and also the, the, the whole society mentality, including the uh, China US relationship. That's all direct or indirect uh, to cause the the whole society mentality or hostility toward the Asian community, especially Chinese community. You see the statistically, the the, uh, violence against the Asian becoming 150 times more than the previous years. And every day you see the, the violence toward the Asian or Chinese community. Becoming more and more, this is the the kind of a trend. Even some politicians at the national level, they have uh, realized that this kind of a uh, dangerous and uh, voiced their concern, including Congress uh, Congresswoman uh, Grace She passed the law in the Capitol, uh, the the Capitol Hill. Um, Congress had passed law, but the Senator didn't pass. I think it's uh, maybe this week or next week, sen- Senator going to pass the law to uh, condemn the uh, anti-Asian violence. And I think it's uh, at the federal level and uh, uh, most uh, Asian caucus in the Congress is start moving forward. And I think it's uh, below the, at the state level and the city level and the local county level, this kind of uh politicians stand up and condemn it, it should be becoming more and more and the people going to voice the, uh, their concern and the increase the police department, the law enforcement, especially in the legal system. And so far, I think it's the most dangerous uh, uh, part of the our government system. It's a very, very challenging for uh, attorney general uh, for the both state level and the country federal level. And we need some uh, fund some way to uh, deal with this kind of uh, hate crime. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, as you, you brought up um, that study by the Center for the Study of Hate and Extremism from California state uh, that found that hate crimes targeted targeted towards Asian people rose by nearly 150. Uh, percent in 2020 and most of that is uh, accounted for by like large metropolitan areas. New York City and LA are kind of the ones that I'm seeing on like headlines. Um, so yeah and you you bring up a really important point about the, um, the like legal needs to address hate crimes and but I'm also curious about um, on the one side this is like clearly a legal issue because You know any any act of violence like that is um something that can be prosecuted i think there's also with hate crimes in particular sort of this um i don't know cultural or societal um aspect to it because you can prosecute someone uh for committing an act of violence but that doesn't necessarily change anybody's mind about whether um those acts of violence are justified so i'm curious also if you have any thoughts about how you think as a, just as a culture, we should be addressing this kind of issue?
0: I think thing is uh, culture is the second tier the, uh, consideration. It's the, at this moment, if you focus on the culture, it's pretty hard to change the mentality of the entire society. And the most uh, focus of mine is always the, give the people always, or audience some uh, kind of uh, directions uh, we need to emphasize on our legal system. If a legal system did not protect uh, uh, the the Asian community and the cultural things, it's very hard to change. Unless you have some pretty worst case to prove the crime is a hate crime. Mm -hmm. At this moment, it's very, very hard to distinguish the pure violence or or the, the crime. It's the turn into the racial discrimination or racial hate crime. That's kind of a, the, the line, we need some case to come out with the best lawyer to argue on in the court to make sure that they can connect two different crime into the hate crime. Otherwise it's very hard to change the entire society.
1: Yeah, I hope at least though maybe by um, you know better education and just by continuing to talk about issues like this, that there is at least some change. I mean, I know I'm a fairly young person, so I have seen a lot on my social media just feeds this year about um, not just like hate crimes against Asian-Americans, but also how we can support Uh, Black Lives Matter and how you can support people who are coping with homelessness during the pandemic. And so I think um, there is at least a little bit of hope in that the younger generation is very interested in at minimum like talking about these issues and addressing them directly rather than just kind of sweeping it um, under the rug. But to kind of circle back to um, internment, I wanted to just give a little bit of historical context in case our audience is unfamiliar. so uh there the kind of we just barely missed um the i gotta check what year i think it's 79 year yes we just barely missed the 79 Mm. year anniversary um of executive order 9066 which was signed in february of um 1941 um or so no excuse me 1942 so this was um, following the December 1941 attack on Pearl Harbor, right, yeah. President F. Franklin D. Roosevelt signed the executive order, um, which ordered the forced removal of 112,000 Japanese Americans from the West Coast. Um, two thirds of those people, generally, roughly, um, actually over two thirds, were American citizens, um, and yet there was very little protest. This just sort of happened quietly. Um, and the site that I visited, the Minidoka War Relocation Center, um, was a, a temporary housing site. Uh, people lived there, I believe, through 1945. At its peak, there were 9,397 uh, people interned, um, and the camp closed in officially in October of 19. 19- um, 45. And uh, another just like interesting thing to note about um, the internment camps is they, the conditions were, were, they were not terrible. There was like libraries and schools. There's also a lot of inefficiency in terms of plumbing um, and things of, of that nature. Um, but I was just really also struck by this statistic that I read um, that the amount of homes and businesses that Japanese Americans had to give up um, likely uh, in 1999 was valued of about four to five billion dollars. Um, so just the the intensity of uh, removing people like this and um, kind of forcing them from their homes uh, was really a uh, Mm. It was really striking to see, um, in the, the landscape of, uh, my dad is from a region called the magic Valley in Idaho. So it's like very flat. And uh, then around the edges of you, it's a flat high desert. And then around the edges, you can just see mountains. And so it was, uh, very striking to visit that and to see like this landscape that people would have been experiencing by force, um, and so I was also curious if you know anyone who was interned, or if you had like um, done research into it as well.
0: Yeah, you know, it's the uh, the first generation. Their parent, or of course, it's my friend. They have uh, some people. They have been experienced. Especially Japanese American, their parent or their grandparent has been in the concentrate camp. Those people is uh, finally uh, become a political leader like a. Uh, in the Silicon Valley, like a Mike Honda and the other the Japanese ascents, they have been realized. That if you want to avoid repeat, repeat, uh, repeat of a history, you have to gain some political power. And uh, for all the ethnic group, it's you know, it's a, you with uh a, a Japanese concentrated camp, but it's a bring me. Up to my memories, uh, last year I visited uh, Israel and also I visited uh, the gas chambers there. A lot of millions and millions of uh, Jewish community or people, they just uh, by train to send to the gas chambers. Those kind of uh, the, the scenarios that uh, just uh, refresh my memory. It's the history, especially hate of the human being and uh, can be repeated. and. Uh, back to today I think it's the uh, we still a little bit of worry this kind of a trend if we don't stop from a political uh, system from legal system things can be repeated that's the the worst things that I'm uh, worry every day
1: yeah the connections between these events are really interesting and really striking I was actually I also visited um, a work camp a, a Nazi collaborator there was like a Nazi collaborator government in um, Yugoslavia, which is where I studied abroad about two years ago. And so I got to visit um, a a work camp that had been located there um, and interned Jews, Roma people, um, some other groups. Um, And uh, what was really surprising, well, maybe not surprising, but what was really uh, sad to see is the executive order um and like the posters that had been posted in like major west coast cities like notifying japanese citizens that they needed to like you know pick up their stuff and arrive at the train station at this time or else um, was really really similar to the kinds of signs that i saw um, when i visited that work camp that were rounding up jews um, and other people um, in eastern europe so I, I think that it's really important to like, acknowledge those similarities and, you know, make sure that we're not sugarcoating things. I was also in in doing research for this episode, reading a really interesting GQ article, um, which I can maybe link in our show notes, that was comparing um, the pandemic, or sorry, not the pandemic, comparing um, internment camps to um, the current situation at the U.S. border um, with, um, holding um, immigrant children and families, uh, particularly the family separation policy um, under the Trump administration, but also the Biden administration has not um, kept holding people at the borders in these sort of um, almost concentration camp-like situations.
0: Um, Yeah, it's uh, actually the... uh, the current the situation bring me to the one of a uh, uh, famous uh, philosopher. I don't know if you study politics. It's uh, uh, Hannah Arendt.
1: I love Hannah Arendt.
0: Oh my God, we yes. have the uh, same same uh, <laughs> the, the passion to one person.
1: Yeah,
0: it's the, she's a really really controversial, and also it's the I read the almost the, all her books. On the one side, he's uh, uh Against the dictatorship, but also on the other side is the he's the uh, the evil of a banality, and uh, the
1: banality of evil. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's kind of a book. It's a really weak. All the Asian American people now they should read it
1: mm-hmm. because
0: the, if you don't stand up to the violence, to the uh, the, the crime. The things that become worse and worse, and also you see that the, all the Jewish people they volunteer in line go to the train. Nobody against it. There is several historical, even in Chinese, uh, uh, when Japanese uh, invade China, in the 19 massacre, there have uh, almost uh, 30 30,000 people,
1: mm-hmm. not
0: 300,000 people has been the the massacre, and all people, no single one. To, to fight against it. And also in Indonesia, in Indonesia there's a most of Chinese immigrant there, they build their business, they concentrate on their own wealthy money and don't involve community, don't involve politics. And then in Indonesia has been, have repeatedly to burn the Chinese the, the store, rob Chinese and the similar things that I think it's the, I don't want to predict the worst case, but if Asian or Chinese community in this country, they don't care their neighbor, they don't care other ethnic group, you'll be becoming targeted because the most Asian community or Chinese community, they think they are model minority. They concentrated that have a best score in the school, best professional in doctor, lawyer, or engineers. They don't care the neighbors don't care other ethnic group, don't care social justice for the black people. That's the, the bring more and more heat toward this particular group, especially at this moment, the people say pandemic is caused by the Chinese virus and there is the migrant to transfer the heat and the fear toward this uh, particular ethnic group, but they have a no voice and a no political power in this country. That's the, the worst things happen.
1: Yeah, um, I, I love that you're bringing up like all of these complimentary examples that sort of mirror the situation with internment and maybe even kind of warn us about our situation now. Um, and yes, 10 out of 10 would recommend Hannah Arendt. Uh, <laughs> so the banality of evil is actually from her book, uh, Eichmann in Jerusalem which just for, our, if our listeners don't know, um, is uh, her, she so she was, I think, believe she was reporting for the New Yorker, but she went to Israel um, yeah. to report on the trial of Adolf Eichmann, who was like a top Nazi um, collaborator who was a, official. I believe he was in charge of transporting people to the yeah. concentration camps. I think that was his specific like responsibility. Um, And so the trial has this really interesting exploration also of of whether or not um, he didn't actively and directly kill a single Jew. And yet in this way, he was responsible for the deaths of millions of Jews. Um, And so it's a really interesting examination of how kind of just unquestioningly going along with the system can perhaps lead to some really, really um, negative, negative things.
0: Yeah, it's anything related to Hannah Arendt. I'm interested. You know, they have a movie. It's oh. The, yeah, it's a movie about uh, uh one is the uh biology uh, biography of Hannah Arendt, but they have another movie. It's uh, how they uh, kidnapped of the 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 what's the guy's name, the the Nazi guy, I forgot the Eric.
1: Oh, um Yeah, because he was hiding yeah. out in, um, in Argentina.
0: Argentina. Argentina. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's a movie. It's the movie. Uh, the task force that have uh, five people to fly there and uh, take advantage of an international event and uh, kidnap him and they transfer him back to the Israel to have a the, the court a legal system to prosecute him. And they that's the movie It's really really interesting. Yeah,
1: the story of how the Mossad uh, kidnapped Eichmann is absolutely fascinating. I also read a really interesting, um, uh, like, biography of Hannah Arendt that was a, a... graphic novel. So it was like a comic book. That was really fun oh. um, because I've tried to read some of her other stuff besides Eichmann in Jerusalem. I have a copy of the human condition that I bought during the quarantine. And I still, <laughs> I have only read the first chapter. It's just like so intense. So I have no idea how you've gotten through that. Cause I was a literature major in school and I'm still like, what is she saying
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh, the it's a uh, pretty hard you you finish the the the, the book i i'm have, have to acknowledge i didn't finish all but it's the uh, most book is on my shelf <laughs> on my bookshelf so it's uh, the i try to read he, her biography it's uh, because she has some uh, uh romantic relationship with the 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 heidegger, the yeah, heidegger. Yeah. yeah heidegger yeah it's so, so it's a very interesting very yeah. intense. The, the, she has a best, very
1: dramatic life. Yeah, yeah,
0: the, the best mm-hmm. woman I admire in the
1: Um <laughs> we've gotten so off track. So we're talking about Hannah Arendt. I think it's a worthwhile a worthwhile diversion though. Um but another thing that I was I just wanted to talk about because I was really struck by um this as well when I was visiting Minadoka um as someone also who has recently moved across the United States, you know, we have such like diverse geographical um regions and like different um you know there's deserts there's like where I live it where I grew up in Tennessee is like almost a rainforest with how much um, precipitation we get in a year um and so I was also like really struck by the landscape at the internment camp um because most of the people who were interned um, in Minidoka would have come from the like Oregon, Washington yeah. state area, so very green, um, and then they're moved out to this desert, um, and they're the only water really um, near the camp is just an irrigation irrigation canal because um, there's a lot of irrigation farming in uh, that region of Idaho um, because the volcanic soil is very fertile. It just there isn't enough water. Um, So they there's an irrigation canal kind of by the entrance of the camp. And so I I was reading that the residents would often come and sit by the 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 irrigation canal um, and listen to the water um, because it reminded them of home. And so I was just really struck by a quote from this letter that a resident named uh, Hana, I'm going to totally butcher my Japanese pronunciation, so I apologize to everyone. Matsushita?
0: <laughs>
1: it did all the <laughs> sounds. Samples. the Japanese is a name. What?
0: Sounds like a Japanese name.
1: <laughs> so she wrote a letter to her husband um, while she was interned, and I, I thought it was really beautiful, so I wanted to read it for our audience. She said, last night I walked to the riverbank, the clouds reflected in the water were beautiful and the sagebrush on the plain was red with the sun. I cried and prayed to God while gazing at the setting sun. Um, And so I was just really also struck by, I mean, it's easy to hear these huge numbers when you're talking about events like the Holocaust and internment and, um, you know, policies on the Southern border of thousands of migrants being detained. Um, but I think it's also really important to get that human scale and think about what the individual experience of being taken from your home um, would have been like. Um, so I wanted to share that.
0: Yeah, it's the same thing. It's, uh, uh, accidentally, both you and me, at least a podcast, the co-host, we didn't plan, but we travel on the Idaho at the same time. We didn't call each other, text each other, and find out that we're in the same state. I don't know how I got landed in the Idaho. I flip a coin to say whenever I any state I didn't travel, I'll go there. So it's the flip coin that dropped to the Idaho. So I went to Idaho. <laughs> you at the same time right I'm there, and the same thing. It's the uh, you know the Snake River, and they have a built a dam and mm-hmm. uh, put the irrigation the the kernel there and uh, uh, irrigated the farm there. It's the potato state. And for me, and we go. Too far away, and to bring back to our subject today. I think it's the uh, most important. Is uh, we are going to emphasize the, uh, the anti-Asian hate crime from a legal system, especially on the attorney general level in the federal level, but also to the county, district attorney office, because the most hate crime is going to prosecuted by the prosecutors in each county. But at this moment, there's a very, very rare Asian attorney or Asian uh, deputy attorney in prosecute this kind of hate crime. So they don't have a feeling of how dangerous how fair of Asian community toward this kind of a crime. Uh, by default, it's very hard to define the hate crime. But from other side, at this moment, everyone is on the social media. So it's my suggestion to my attorney or my district attorney, the friends, or it's in the district attorney office, and the prosecutors, they can trace each individual offense by search their social media and their violence, the, the language, hate language, those matters that reflect their intention toward Asian Asian community. It's a very, very indirect evidence. So we need a best attorney, best lawyer to participate in this social movement or social justice. I think it's the worst case, it's going to set up a very, very good case and to protect the Asian community in this country.
1: Mm -hmm. So wait, so you're saying that we should be searching through our like local attorney general's social media, or just tagging them?
0: No, it's just uh, uh, we need to build some kind of a legal defense team and the lawyers team. And they use their legal expertise, to try to treat offenders' uh, social media. What's the past record they have done? Because uh, the violence uh, on site, people don't say, I hate you because you're Chinese, because you're Asian. And generally, they just hate or stab or kill the people. But if you trace these offenders, the the history on the social media, you can find the record. Right no, uh, the violence without any intention. Most people that have intention, just on site, it's very hard to prove their guilty on the hate crime. But if you trace back and the publish that you can bring the case back yeah. to the, yeah all yeah, the people who can stand on the protest on the district attorney office doesn't work because you need some uh, legal expert here to help you
1: mm-hmm. yeah we do have that really unique um way to sort of like prosecute crimes now which is that we can kind yeah. of see someone's thought process or like how they journey um to coming to different conclusions by tracking yeah. their internet history, um, which is could honestly be a whole episode just talking about that. Yeah. Um, so I want to close up with just one last question, having talked about the present and the past um, this week. And I just wanted to ask um, how you think we're doing uh, as a country uh, at honoring or not honoring the past of... Um, and present of racism and xenophobia in the US?
0: Uh, I think this is the, I still waiting for the worst case happened. People say Atlantic uh, massacre is the very, very tragedy, the big case, even Obama has been tweeted three times, but uh, I still feel this is the not worst case yet. So because if you don't have a direct evidence to prove this is a hate crime, it's a mingling with the religions mixed with the sex and the mixed with the Asian, the, the majority victims, but it's not very clear. So it's the, I think some, of course I don't want to expect it to happen, but the things are going to become worse and worse. Some cases going to come out and the, when we have a best lawyer and the best case and I think it's that the nation going to wake up just like uh, uh, George Floyd, uh, those kind of case. And mm. I think that kind of case is going to happen to Asian communities soon. Mm. And then if it's happen, I think it's the national mobilized the social justice or legal system going to change. And uh, the, the social progress is based on this kind of uh, the worst scenario is coming out and then the, we can get the we cover a majority of our
1: society. Well, I I hope that it doesn't take a dramatic yeah, crime, yeah. but yeah, you you bring up such a good point about, you know, test case litigation and all yeah. of that. So, we will we're ending on kind of a sad and serious note today, but I enjoyed getting to talk with you as usual um, and we will wrap it up there. So, thanks for sharing your thoughts with me and also I'm sad we missed each other in Idaho. <laughs>
0: Next time when you travel, let me know. And also I'm going to share where I'm going to travel to. So we can at least know each other where will travel to.
1: Well, we'll wrap it there this week. My name is Katie Simpson. Our podcast is sponsored by Asian American Forward. You can visit our website at www.asianamericanforward.com. If you enjoyed the show this week or have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on a future episode, send us your comments at info at asianamericanforward.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on Facebook and hear more conversations between Don and I at our YouTube channel. If you're a fan of the show, leave us a review in the Apple podcast store or tell someone about us. It really helps people find the show. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week.